right, everybody. Welcome to What the Hell. Uh, this episode we're going to talk about is Bakes Camp Lindsay. Uh, basically, it's an organization to where they're trying to how. Well, not really trying. You're getting everything geared up to house veteran uh, homeless veterans. Now, uh, first thing on that would would be uh, what's your charity all about? What what kind of guidelines are you trying to set for uh, the charity? To house all these veterans and where are you getting started with it? The guidelines right now, uh, we've just purchased our building that we're going to use to, you know, provide homes for the homeless veterans. And right now, we are trying to get that building renovated. We're in the process of getting the city permits and everything to begin demolition. We have a general contractor, but that's where we're at. And once our renovations are done, we hope to have doors open. Well, I also looked at and uh, seen that you had like a post on your Facebook page that basically you're uh, selling squares. I wanted to ask you about that more because uh, a twenty dollar square you get uh, a signature, a little uh, what it doesn't entail. This is our what I think our best fundraiser ever, and what you can do is you can. Purchase a square foot tile of that actual building. That will be your square tile. And you can come in and autograph it or, you know, write a message, you know, or have your kids decorate it, whatever you want. That is your tile. And it's $20 a square foot. And the goal is obviously to have every square foot in the building um, purchased because that's going to get the roof and the electricity set up for us, uh, which is a major, major uh, fundraising goal of ours but it's also really brilliant because it ties anybody who participates to the building they get to come in and physically touch what they're donating to you know as opposed to just writing a check and then they're tied to that forever they can come in in five years and ten years and show their friends and family hey this is what I did this is how I helped and on a side note for that uh, I'm a board member for Base Camp Lindsay and they have agreed that if I sell 248 square tiles, which is the size of one veteran's room, um, that they will allow me to name that room in memorial of my fiance who was killed in action. Because I can't afford to sponsor, you know, the room, like, you know, a business can. But if I can get enough tiles sponsored, then they'll go ahead and let me do that, that room in his, in his name. So. Okay, cool. Now, uh, another thing is, is uh, what, how did this uh, charity start it up? From well, what we were talking before we actually started filming, you were saying that uh, well, Chris Patterson, not the bad one right now, but uh, uh, set it up to start it. Uh, from my understanding, I mean, he, he, he was invited to come in uh, and be a member of the board. And, uh, you know, he was going to be able to help us set up and get a lot of these things that we were wanting to do funded. Um, obviously, with a lot of... It just didn't work out. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of pull that he's got here in town, and it's, it's obviously it was a no-brainer to, to bring him in. And on top of that, you know, Harry Patterson is a... He's a Christian, and he's very active um, with wanting to do things for the veteran community. So, um, you know, it just... We, at some point, you know, we would like to revisit that relationship and invite him back into the fold. Um, 
you know, but we've got to make sure that, you know, all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed before we do that. No, okay. You basically want to set it up to where it's already going, hey, could you help out a little bit more right. type thing. Because yeah. uh, I had the same thing because when, we uh, when we were doing the Honor Flight, basically Honor Flight is, is it sets up veterans to take a trip to Washington, D.C., uh, they started out, what they did was is they started out with World War One veterans and they worked themselves up. My dad was uh, on that list to go. He was a Vietnam vet. And he set it up, uh, we're set up to do that. But the, the whole trip almost didn't happen. But they, luckily they had a, uh, a golf tournament. One of the guys up there was like, well, how much is it? It's like 65000 Cash check right then and there. A lot of times it's just getting the right people in the right situations. And we know. have so many, so many wonderful volunteers that have helped us and contributed, you know, but this has been going on for a while now, but we are finally in that direction where we are making movement. We've got the building because that was a fight to get the building, you know, especially with everything, you know, court being delayed with COVID and everything. So to get it voted on. But now we are ready to start renovating, and that means our doors will be open. That's so. awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the one thing, too. It's, you know, you know I, I've said it before, but, you know, it's like as military members, we get trained to do a mission. You know, we get, you know, whether it's sent places domestically or, you know, places overseas, we're sent overseas, we're, we're, we're sent out and trained to do a mission. But we are not given that training to transition back into civilian life. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, especially like Free Range America, uh, anything with like uh, uh, Andy Stump, Cleared Hot. They're they're always talking about not transitioning. I mean, uh, Rob O'Neill, the guy that shot uh, Osama bin Laden, he set up an organization for uh, special ops. Uh, to basically set them up to get CEO jobs and everything like that. And a lot of the uh, uh, stuff that he puts out for his organiza- his charity organization is the problem solving. Hey, hands down, some of the... I'll, I'll hands down on that, that some of the military people that get, get out of the military, they can't really problem solve that much. They're just there. But the, most of the organizations, like uh, Special Forces and stuff like that, or infantry, they're problem solving like that only because they had to problem solve like that. Yeah. You get, you're get you in a situation to where, hey, we're all about to die, Yeah, and, and, and we need to fix this yeah. problem to where it's, they're about to die. Yeah, and not to take anything away from, from the support MOSs, but, you know, a lot of the combat MOSs, like the infantry, rangers, I mean, well, rangers is infantry, but, um, you know, your special forces, special operations command, basic ground pounders, you know, um, whether it be army or marines, but, um, you know, we are trained to exist in a fluid environment. Yeah. So, you know, but what I find is... And I, I can't remember where it is that I heard this, but it just stuck with me. That when we come home, we don't have that constant factor of chaos in our lives, you know, to yeah. give us some kind of like comfort, normal, you know, yeah. com- comfort or normalcy. 
you know, because whenever, whenever it hits the fan, you know, a lot of times you just take that deep breath and try to slow everything down so that way you can allocate your resources. Yeah. But when we come home and then it's not there, you know, um, a lot of times we'll recreate that and inject it into our own lives. And that's why, like, suicide and divorce rates are incredibly high, yeah. you know, across the veteran community. And, you know, and I think... To there, you know, it has to be a two-sided, you know, it has to be a two-front battle, where you know we, we train our brothers and sisters when they're coming home how to transition, how to how to cope, how to deal, get them off of that mantra that it's not okay to be okay. And in fact, quite often it is okay to be not okay. Yeah. And reach out for help. You know, call whoever it is that you need to call. It doesn't matter what time of day or night until somebody answers the phone. But on the other side of it is you know, needing to find programs or create programs to help the families, you know, because they're back here, you know, living, you know, we're just over there surviving, you know, but when we come back, I mean, they've been over here living, they've been dealing with the bills, the days, you know, they've established that command structure, so to speak, for lack of a better term, within the house, and then here we come expecting things to go back to the way that they were before we left, and a lot of times that's not just not the case. And you'll, you'll get a lot of that, you know, you know, the spouse that stays home becomes the alpha of the household, and then here comes, you know, here comes G.I. Joe, comes, and yeah. the button heads all the time. Plus, you add PTSD, and it's, you know, it can be a bad situation. And I think I read, I want to say it was 78% of homeless veterans who have sought mental health services um, were determined to have a um, traumatic brain injury. Because that's a big problem. A yeah, for us, um, you know, in this community, it's like, oh, we don't see homeless people. Why would we contribute? You know, why would we want to give you money? You know, to help you know fund this um, nonprofit? Because where are the homeless people? Well, they're they're there. You know, they're they're there, and they're we have homeless veterans here in our community in our county, and they are painfully embarrassed because of their life circumstances. They're reclusive. They're shy. Um, this past Christmas stand down, Vern, uh, he's one of our homeless veterans that we know. And it was so, so significant for me because I, I met him the year before that he was willing to speak on camera because I wanted to say, look, look, everybody, this is a homeless veteran. And you can see that he has, he's struggling with problems and he is a kind man and he needs our help, but they are there. Here he is. And I had to really like, I was like, Vern, we please talk on camera. We please interview because he's very, very shy, but um, they're there and they do need help. And I feel like it's everybody's responsibility to help people because these are people that sacrificed for us, yeah. you know. Well, a lot of people that, uh, there's a lot of, uh, like, for TDI and uh, PTSD, they're trying to use, like, uh, DMTs and other uh, hallucinations uh, to actually, because basically what it, uh, what it basically does is it takes your frontal lobe and just stops it from working for a while. Then you're able to basically reset your brain. Uh <clears throat> A lot of uh, a lot of doctors are saying it, for the PTSD, it's like total reversal once you start the treatment. Mm-hmm. And 
that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand is we're, even with the TDIs, the TDIs uh, are, I mean, you can get a TDI just by bumping your head against the wall really bad. Yeah. And that really affects you. I had a, I had a friend tell me about one of his uh, sergeants. He was a Green Beret, and he was going back and forth, back and forth so much that he had he had so bad of TDI. He had to use a GPS just to get to work and get home. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. They're like, oh, they're just, it, it, it's just because of the war. No, it's the... It's the factors it's in that war that messes you up, yeah. and it's not even—it's not even combat. Like it, it, it really isn't even just the combat. It's the—it's the trauma to where I mean, hearing. Oh, uh, he- hearing, hearing loss. Every Marine hearing. I know has tendonitis. Yeah, you know they live with that. Yeah, yeah, and that—that that yeah. could affect you mentally too. Yeah, I mean, I have to sleep with a fan or something going in the background. Um, otherwise, I just get that constant ringing. I was a fifty cal gunner, so I, you know I feel for you, buddy. Well, you know, I mean, and, I, and, even and, right and, now, before even because uh, I started doing, uh, I want to do like three guns and everything. I I put in like soft ones, then I cover up because I don't want my hearing that bad. Well, you know, because you know, back in the day, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, you're ten feet tall and bulletproof. So the only time that you yeah. put your earplugs in was when you were at the range. And then yeah. of course, then you take that. These are eighteen and nineteen year old. Yeah. Kids, I say that now because, you know, I'm I'm older. I was 18 when I went in, but I'm like, we're sending 18-year-olds whose you know brain synapses haven't even fused yet to go deal with adult situations that most adults don't even, you know, ever have to imagine comprehending. So what does that do? Yeah, you that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of the cases. That I was like, even now, I mean, even with the new administration, the old administration. Went in and it's like, hey, we need to bring these people back. We need to stop doing this bullshit. And now they're sending over more troops. I'm like, listen, we did this. So our kid, because right now we're still fighting a war that, okay, when it started, I was old enough to have kids. Yeah. And now we're still doing the same conflict that my child has a chance to go to, which I don't want my child to go to that, have that chance. That's one of those things. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, I've got a 25-year-old. He's a, currently he's a police officer in Amarillo, but he was born when I was in, and he, when he graduated high school, he went off and became an infantryman, just like his old man, you know, Um, and so I got to experience both sides of the equation, you know, it's like, I was in, and I did everything that I was supposed to do. I came home, and now my son went, and I had to stay home. You know, and I'm telling you, I, you know, it. I, I, I had, I developed a very newfound respect for, um, you know, for the families and the parents that have to stay home while their, while their kid goes overseas. Because so I'm sitting here, you know, my kid's going overseas, and I'm just like, you know. There, there was Murphy's Laws of Combat. One of them yeah. is that uh, the world is, uh, you, know, per, you know, professionals are predictable, but the world is full of amateurs. You know, so, I mean, a number of dumb shit, you know, dumb things could happen, you know. It, but, you know, it, so, yeah, we, we've got these kids that we're sending over there. And we give them the best training, or they get the best training 
you know, militarily in the world, you know, and, but we're just, we're just not giving them the tools. I mean, the, the tools and the resources are there. And I think that a lot of the reason why we still have this stigma of, of PTSD just kind of hanging over us is that, you know, we had that culture of toxic leadership in the military, you know, um, I was part of that regime of, you know, if you, if you talk about it, you kind of sort of have to turn in your man card. Yeah, you know? or were well, you, not even that. Were you penalized for it? Basically. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah. that was a lot of things. It's like uh, Amby Stump even talked about it. He was like, if you talk about you might have some kind of problem, then you might get your top secret clearance and you could be discharged. And now people yeah. are afraid of getting help from the VA for PTSD because they're they're concerned about not being able to have weapons. Yeah, I had that conversation with somebody the other day, and they were being serious. Yeah. So. Yeah. If the, the VA rates your PTSD at a certain stage, they they basically tell you you no longer can own weapons. Yeah, I, I read know. about that that they were trying and, to. And, and on that. one side, one side I understand, you know, it's it's for safety, but you know, it. it when when you when you try to breach the firewalls of the Constitution, I mean, every other Constitution in the in, in you know every amendment in the Constitution is insured by the Second. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that that's a slippery slope and we can turn this into a pro or, you know, anti-gun argument. But it's, I mean, if we're training these kids, now men and women, to go overseas and handle, and I hate to use the term military grade because I think, you know, anybody who's been in the military just <laughs> yeah. laughs at it. Yeah, only because you know. it's like, so you're getting something from the lowest bidder? Yeah, yeah it was military because I had, I had a yeah. conversation about my jacket. He was like... Oh, but that's a military style jacket, so it's really good. It's like, dude, this jacket's a piece of shit. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, I, you don't, you know how many layers I have to wear under this Gore-Tex to keep myself warm. Exactly. You know, but you know, and it's like, okay, so I mean, we're sending them over there, and and, and they're 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 training with all of these different weapon systems, and they're they're employing them, and, and they're using them with a degree of lethality that is very impressive. But then we're bringing them back home, and then we're telling them. You can't own a rifle. You can't own a pistol. Yeah, it's basically the point to where, okay, we're going to teach you how to kill, and we're just going to let you go. Yeah. Yeah. And or here's some medication. Yeah. You're not that, that's another. That's another thing. The reason why I'd rather have like DDIs and marijuana, and for a long time until like I started doing research myself, is uh, there was a guy uh, Logan O'Hare. He works. Uh, he does Grizzly Forge. And he shattered his back. He yeah. had like, and, and it wasn't anything military. It was he. He was trying to be a big man and move a a, a gun safe, and it fell on top of Ooh. him. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That would kill me. Yeah. Well, anyways, they were basically doing pain management and trying to give him. On, he's like injury he, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And even even my story on that is my mom had a dislocated disc, and. They had her on page management, and this is 2001, where the uh, fixing of a back was very, it was 75% chance to where now that it would go wrong. Yeah. And nowadays, it's 80 to 90% chance it will go right. Yeah. Uh, what happened with her is they just kept on throwing pain, medica- uh, pain medication, and she eventually just killed herself. Yeah, and I'm very advocate about people that's like, well, I have back problems. Start on pot. Just do pot. And they're like, 
Well, they they're giving me these oxycotons and, and stuff like that. It's it like you will get you will get you will get addicted to that. Yeah. And to the point to where even if say you had surgery, you're on oxycotton or or any other the high high end yeah, it'll, uh, high it'll, end. It'll throw you down a well. And then they take it away because your you pain should be, be over those, by now. You got to go to those clinics. You and, have to go to detox just yeah. to get off that. Yeah. You know, and and I believe in vaccinations. Don't get me wrong. Don't, don't and for those of you watching and listening. Don't don't take it that way. But I mean, like as far as like antidepressants and, and, and uh, anxiety and you know, like attention deficit drugs, I am so anti pill. I mean, I just I would you know like it a, is right for some people. Yeah, yeah. Some, it's, I mean literally. You, but it's you, not you a fix all. To, yeah, you have to twist my arm just to get me to take aspirin a lot of times. You know, like my girlfriend's constantly getting on to me. Like I'm like I don't feel good. She's like, well, did you take something? I'm like, well, yeah, I know. Honestly, like, I always have, I always have headaches. There, there actually is. If you have like a real bad headache, uh, instead of like taking pills and everything. Yeah, there's a pressure point right here. Even better for you though. Instead of the pressure point, go for a walk. Or a long, well, my long kids walk. Have yeah. The like, endorphins and everything like that will kick in and everything. Your headache will be gone. I had a really bad headache one time, and I walked from over to Avenue K to over here. It was a two-hour walk in flip-flops, and a lot of people probably think I'm crazy because all I was doing was like waving at cars at the time, which I am kind of crazy. But anyways, you need to rock with us. Yeah, yeah, that, that beautiful segue. Okay, so Marissa oh yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Marissa rocket. and I, we are members of Thomas Fowler American Legion Post 169 here in town, which you should also join. I'm, um, I did join, and that was when I first got out of the service. Me and my, uh, me and my brother-in-law went in there, did that. He's and we the just vice can't. commander now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's I'm a vice whole commander. different. It's the coolest. It's not to take away from the. It's not to take away from our older veterans. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not like a situation where you go into these older churches and everybody, if you're not reading or singing from the red hymnal book, it's blasphemy. No, I mean we have to evolve the mission. We have to evolve the way that we conduct our mission. Yeah. Because. I mean the demographics of the, the you know the of our you know the, I mean the spectrum of, of veterans is not only getting younger but it's it's diversifying you know so I mean we have to be adaptive in order to stay relevant. Yeah, because well, there was a therapist that actually said, and, and she was for us to to the point where you know what the big difference between World War One veterans and World War Two veterans and veterans after like Vietnam and era one big difference. It's World War One, World War Two. They stopped fighting for a while for the combat. It was yeah. still, it was still chivalry, yeah. Yeah, to where we're... the two commanders would come up and talk, uh, talk it, and they would do that. Nowadays, you're twenty four seven. And it's a constantly evolving war. We don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we can't keep up. We're and it's more or less uh, like to... a uh, the drug war. It's con- yeah, like yeah, we're just know. now learning how to treat the the Vietnam veterans for PTSD. Well, we've got everybody now. I mean, it's you know what I mean. Like it's 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 we can't keep up. Essentially, we're doing our best, but I don't think that medications are the solution. I think that if your brain is unable to produce a chemical that it needs, then by all means, you know, I wouldn't deny myself insulin if I needed it. You know, yeah. it's like that. But I personally have seen. The VA just dole out medications to the point where this person has PTSD and you're making them, you know, catatonic. That's not fixing anything. One of the reasons why I wanted us to start this rucking program at our post is 
I'm always, I'm constantly saying that adrenaline and muscle memory are a hell of a drug. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're, we're not asking our, our brothers and sisters to come out there, throw weight on their back, and let's go walk a few miles and then talk about all your shit. We, we don't want, you know, no, we're, we not, we're not trying to do that. We give each other a bunch of crap. Oh, yeah. You know, we're constantly making fun of the Marines, calling them crayon eaters, you know, and I'm constantly giving the Air Force people crap because I didn't actually join the military. And people call you me know. the child. No, that's the Coast Guard. That, this is true, this Coast Guard. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, but I mean, I'm like, well, isn't that cute? The sky janitors are wearing their pajamas now, you know, because I was Army, you know, so, yeah. but. But I, I, I know, already. Yeah, I hate to tell you this right now, but because the Army couldn't figure out how to run a uh, electric kitchen in Kandahar, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. I had to go to Afghanistan. I was not supposed to go to Afghanistan. I was horribly terrified. I, was, I wanted to play video games. <laughs> you know, I used to have a, po- a poster in my barracks room. It, it was just a regular infantryman, you know, and they're walking. And it's oh, raining. the one with the, the, the four guys? Yeah, well, the, the first one is, uh, you know, it's raining, and then and the grunt is saying, well, this sucks. And then yeah. the next one is a ranger, and they're, he's sitting in a foxhole, and it's filling up with water, and he's like, I like the way this sucks. And then you got a special forces guy who's doing a patrol through a swamp, yeah. and it's raining sideways. And it says, I wish this would suck more. And then there's an airman whapping it, you know, not whapping, whap, no, not whap, whacking, whacking, whacking. There you go. He's See? hitting a remote on the arm of his recliner, and there's See, the white Air Force static is still on the, you, out. you know, he's like, he's like, this sucks, you know. So I mean, that, that used to be on the wall of my barracks room, and we had, um, he was a loadmaster for the Air Force, and they were attached to the 101st. Which is a really cool job. Yeah, the loadmasters, but I mean, they're anally retentive. I mean, everybody knows that. Can't bring dirt on my bird, but yet here you are, looking like you pulled your uniform out of an airport case. They're <laughs> loadmasters. They, they, they get away with everything. See, but that's the kind of that's that's. I mean, we can give each other crap, you know. And yeah, it's like it's you know that type but, of friendly. I mean, it, it's it's back and forth. I mean, nobody ever really takes it personally. I mean, no, that's you know, the greatest group of people I've ever yeah, been a part of. Yeah, you know, of. but we we get each other out, and, and the purpose of the whole rucking program is to get us out of the house. Yeah. You know, get us away from the you know get get away from the alcohol, get away from the pills, and away from any kind of like thoughts of of hurting yourself. Because you know, I mean, I know that it's become kind of like a, a meme now, but it's like I'd rather listen to you bitch about things. Than me have to take time to go attend your funeral, because you know we we, we just recently lost um, an airman out at out at, uh, our, at Shepherd uh, a couple about 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 a month ago. Yeah, he he committed suicide. Now, you know what the particular circumstances of his situation were, we don't know, but the fact is that we still lost a service member to suicide. You know, so I mean, it became he became one of those twenty two, and. You know, that's 22 too many. I mean, that I mean one too many. I mean, whatever it is, we we shouldn't be losing people to that. You know, because I'm 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 of the firm belief that the veteran community is a national resource, not a natural, but a national resource because it doesn't matter where you served, how long you served, if you saw combat, if you didn't see combat, it doesn't matter. You served in the military, you you're are a, a part living, of that network. Yeah, you're at 1%. Yeah, you're, you're part of that, 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 that living representation of American history. And, you know, a lot of those stories and a lot of those, those historical events, they're being lost over time as the veteran community starts to age and die or commit suicide. So, you know, we need to protect that. And, 
just like when you go overseas, you know, it's not about the red, white, and blue. It's not about mom and dad. It's not about mom's apple pie. It's about the person to your left and to your right. Exactly. And we need to refocus that attention. You know, because when we come home, one of the things that, that a lot of people do is they lose their identity. You know, they're like, well, I'm not a warrior. Anymore. Especially well, going into a civilian job, it's like, you guys don't invite over, people over for Thanksgiving. You know, you don't have my back. I need I have a flat tire. You tell me, you know. Well, not even that. It, yes. It's it's more or less someone comes up to you and they're being aggressive and everything. And, and you go up and it's like, I will take your freaking head off. You Meet me in the Connex box. Like, what, like, what is he talking oh, wait, about? I stand. We don't talk about well, that right now. my there. last job. And it's I, not even that because, I mean, that, that, that advances that stereotype that we've yeah. been painted as. It's like, well, you come back and you're just ultra-aggressive. Well, no. I mean, to a degree, yes. It's funny to make fun of fat people. That's, 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 our, that's our default setting. That's not you know? okay to regular job, I found out. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean it's, no, our, I'll it, tell you it's our default setting to, you know, when we're, when we're being pressed on, we, we push back, you know, because, I mean, like, look, I, this is my ground, and I'm staking claim to it, but when we come home, a lot of our brothers and sisters, they lose that identity, you know, they're, they're, they don't view themselves as warriors anymore because they don't have that mission statement, and, and there was an article, I forget who it was that I, you know, that wrote it, but when, you, when we come home, we can still identify as a warrior, but we just need to show, shift our, our, our mission focus, so instead of taking that high ground or, you know, taking, you know, taking that, that, that open area and securing the, the perimeter on it, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, clearing that village, you know, whatever that objective was, you know, you can shift that to where, you know, for me, I, I've got kids. So, you know, I mean, I'm on my, yeah, I've, I've been divorced twice. So it's like, I'm not a husband anymore. So whatever, but I'm still a dad. So, I mean, I can focus my shift, my, my, my shift, my focus from being a warrior to, being a warrior for my kids, you know, being the best dad that I can be, being the best, you know, human being that I can be. And, you know, you can still fight for your brothers and sisters, but you can do it in a different way. So we're not necessarily employing direct action. We're not necessarily employing indirect fire, you know, calling in airstrikes. We're not doing any of that, but we, we can take that and we can, we can shift our focus to, you know, caring for the ones that feel like they got left behind. Yeah. We can come back around. We can pick them up. We can lift them out of whatever situation it is that they're in. And we can show them, you know, hey, there's a better way, you know. And here's a group of people who who aren't going to judge you, who will support you and appreciate you and include you. Because I think there's a big stigma about, you know, veteran organizations. Like, I have a lot of friends who are like, ew, I don't, I don't want to, you know, do that. And, like, it's not what you think it is as a matter of fact it's the greatest group of people that I've ever been a part of and then they're networked to so many other great peer-to-peer -peer veteran network groups but it's not like you know this therapy kind of setting where you sit around and talk about your issues it's like no we go and we do stuff and we have fun and it's actual people who will have your back in a way that you know my parents had COVID and not like bad like they were not doing well and um my friends text me this guy and another one of our friends came to my parents house to bring them food that that doesn't happen yeah they came to my parents house you know like my my best female friends sent me a text message you know and it's just it's that kind of thing like you know whatever anybody needs like these are the people that will actually be there for you and those are good friends and those are people that 
that make you smile and want to get up, you know, every day. And we do stuff that's, you know, more physically challenging and less physically challenging. It's, there's something for everybody, but, you know, and you're with other people and you know you're doing something good and it gives you that sense of purpose and, and you're with really great people and those are really hard to find in the civilian yeah, world. I mean, and there's, there's, there's almost like an exclusivity to our community, you know, as far as veterans are concerned. Because, you know, we still have that inner service rivalry, you know, it's like this year, well, I'm telling you, you know, walking with my chest stuck out because not only did Army beat Navy, but they also beat Air Force and took the Commander Chief yes, Trophy. Yes. And I brought that up at our monthly meetings, you know. Like, we had the, you know, we, our monthly meeting took place during Army-Navy week. Fuck this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Dude, that last, that you know, last and, 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 Army-Navy game, I was fucking pissed. You know, I, I, literally, I literally sprained my freaking uh, wrist because I was so pissed <laughs> off. You know, but I'm sitting there going, I'm like, you know, you know, we, we had an event at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, where we just, we kind of just met over there and we got a table and we had them in, uh, on that back patio portion of the restaurant. We had them change every channel, every TV to that game. And they were playing the main audio over this restaurant speaker so we could hear what was going on. You know, we, we had Air Force guys, we had some Army guys, another buddy of mine who lives here in town who's who was a member of the 101st with me. Um, he was there as well, and we uh, one of our newer members. He's a, a an army lieutenant, you know. So I mean, yeah, we kind of introduced new, him to the baby. whole, you know, introduced him to the whole, you know, army navy culture. Sorry, oh, army navy culture, and you know, so I mean, we're sitting there and just going, just going to town with each other. And, and one of our guys, um, his name is uh, Stephen. He he's he he was in the Marines. And so, you know, we affectionately refer to him as our crayon eater. So, you know, and, and he embraces that title. I mean, just overwhelmingly. It's, you What's know, his I mean, favorite color to eat, though? You know, I would think it would probably be like... I thought it was... I mean... Blue or green? Most people say blue. Yeah, well, see, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, like, he, he's, he's, he's that special kind of guy that I, I think he would probably eat gray. Yeah, he's a college teacher, so... You know, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, because, you know... He wants to represent everybody, so you know, you just go great. But you know, but I mean, <laughs> that's the kind of thing. And you know, and it's like we had, we, there was even an airman um, during the Army Navy game toward, towards the last half, the second half of the game. He was just over there sitting by himself, and I'm like, you know what? No, mm, nope. Yeah. I walked over there and I was like, hey man, why don't you come on over here and sit with us and watch the rest of the game? And he was like, oh man, I really appreciate that. I mean, because. You know, I thought maybe for like the first two quarters of the game, he was just over there waiting on his girlfriend or some of his buddies to show up. And he's like, nope, I'm just out here kind of chilling. I was like, oh, come on over here. And, you know, I mean, it just, we just added to the environment, you know, to the, to the atmosphere. And, you know, so, you know, and then we start getting into the things like our humor. You know, I mean, veteran humor is just it's something that only dominantly, predominantly dark. You know, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people just don't get me because of my humor half the time. Because I was like, one time someone asked me, I was like, "Well, how did you sleep? Just like God through the Holocaust?" They're like, "What the?" Oh yeah, yeah well, see, you know, most people are like, "Oh, you know," but me, I'm like, part of me wants to cringe, but the other part of me, I'm like, <laughs> "Bravo!" Yeah, you know, you know, and it's like. You know, we can tell jokes like that, and then it's like anybody from the outside of our community hears those, and they're like, "You just are just savages," you know. And, and and that's why I appreciate, you know, groups like Matt Best and Black Rifle Coffee, you know, and like Range Fifteen, that movie. I 
Dude, Dude, that was freaking. I awesome. pulled a muscle laughing so hard at that movie, you know. So I'm just yeah. like, you know, especially that scene where he gets out of the truck, and he's like, "I got a challenge coin for you," you know. And they're like, "Yeah, Pogues love challenge coins," you know. And it's like I'm sitting there just laughing, and I'm like, "Nah, my you know, my favorite my favorite part is uh, when Evan Hayford gets his dick ripped off by the magician, <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets it slapped <laughs> in his face." <laughs> Be too inappropriate, though. Uh, our group, our yeah. See, but you know, this is a podcast, and this is his intellectual property. So I mean, he can. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Okay. Well, As long, well, the the thing. Okay, the thing when, about when YouTube. When we were told to keep it PG this morning, it was in relation to the thread that we are a part of. Okay. So when you go when you go through it though, uh, YouTube. Once you get past the five minutes, you can basically. Nothing nude or anything like that. Yeah, no, we're yeah. not going to say anything. It's why I like, like, like super, yeah. Yeah, it's why I like Mike Rowe and his, his podcast the way I heard it. He's like, the podcast for those with a short attention span. You know, and I'm like, see, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but now he's expanded it to an hour. So, like, once you get past the story, you know, he does. He's the dog trainer down in. Uh, no, that's, that's, no, that's the dog whisperer. That's, that's Cesar or whatever. I think no, 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 there's a, Mike Rowe is the guy that does dirty jobs. Oh, okay. And narrates okay. all the shows like I'm, how the I'm thinking works, of uh, so. the sealed dog trainer, uh, drop mic. Yeah, That's the one yeah, I no, no. This is Mike Rowe. I mean, he 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 has that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Foundation. I mean, yeah. Love listening to him. He does his podcast in the style of the old Paul Hardy. Oh, stuff. Oh, so, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So but, I gotta start listening. To him yeah, I mean, it's like the way that he writes these things, and you know, and I'm just like, it, it blows me away, and. and this week's episode, he was talking about um, the voiceover community, and um, him and his producer will both do voice acting, and they were just like, "Yeah, here's here's my funny story, and here's his funny story." And so, like, you know, because he, he originally was talking about how he used to work with all these other people, and and he just does this quick little two hundred dollars soundbite thing. Comes back after a month, and there's like twenty six thousand dollars stuffed in. You know, checks, you know, uh, residual checks stuffed in his mailbox. And he's like, whoa, you know, so. Yeah. But. Buy you know. a square foot tile. Yes. <laughs> no, see, there's the shameless plug. Yeah. No, yeah. you know what I mean? But, you know, it, it, wherever people are that they're listening to this or they're watching it, you know, like find, you know, find find those 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 organizations if, you, if you're a veteran. You know, and if find, you're local, you know, find us. We're yeah. you know, Post Legion 169. And our rock group is, you know, 169 Rockers and Base Camp Lindsay. And and then we're linked out of, our, we have like a parent group out of Lawton. And that's the Blackout Rocking Crew. But we are all tied together and we all help each other. And it's a great, great, great community to be a part of. And you're, you're helping, you know, support homeless veterans. You're doing something good for yourself. Um, a lot of the rocks are fundraiser rocks. You know, they're all um, our parent group in Lawton. When they rock, they do a community trash pickup while they're rocking. It's always something good. You know, it's, it's like a win-win. And rocking burns as many calories as running, and it's low impact. So. And it works your heart three times as hard than actual running does because you're carrying weight and you're having to maintain a certain pace. But, um, you know, I mean, when, when, we get, when we get out there and we do these rocks, you know, and, and when we get out there and we have our post meetings, we have post functions with our American Legion, we stay away from politics and religion as much as humanly possible because those are two of the most singularly yeah, you're always wrong. And, I mean, yeah, 
it, it's polarizing. Yeah, we don't want to. You know, so we, we're not we're not in the business of driving people away. You know, I mean, you can have your you know your point of view. We don't care as long as you are active and as long as we see that you're benefiting benefiting from it and in, and giving back. You know, I mean, and because we're all in this fight together. You know, so it, it's it's you know we can give each other a bunch of crap. You know make jokes about each other's branches of service, make jokes about everybody's jobs. You know, it's like, oh, I was in the infantry. I'm going to end up with a name, you know, a job with a name on my shirt. Well, guess what? You raised your right hand, your name was on your shirt too. Yeah. You know, so when we give, you a bunch, give each other a bunch of crap about, you know, what each other did in the, you know, the military, what branch you served in, whether or not you actually joined the military. Coast Guard. Um, we don't even yeah. have any Coast Guard people. Actually, yes, we actually. Have, we have an auxiliary here. Actually, What's really funny is the Coast Guard is not part of the DOD. No, they're part of Homeland Security. Now. Yeah, they changed that though, right? No, no, no. it's no. always been part. Yeah, of that. The Space they changed, Force they changed is the, more more part of the D or the DOD than the Coast, Coast Guard. Guard is. The Coast Guard is mostly doing just stuff off the coast of Miami. They're no, they're, no, they're no, all no, over no. the place. Yeah, they are all over we, the place. Like, so we have an auxiliary here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, granted, it's 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 basically a glorified bass boat. They, I would they, like to they, go visit them just to say hi and see what they do. Yeah, they have actually, a, actually, okay, okay. They had a display set up. I forget. All, but they all, like at a gun show, I think. Yeah. Uh, all jokes aside and everything, Coast Guard is basically, uh, depending on what uh, what you do, it's basically a mixture of fire department, EMS, and uh, law SWAT. enforcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. drug interdiction. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, addiction. Yeah, in, in in some of the higher profile areas, like do the, the crazy coast. stuff they've yeah. done. Yeah, it's there freaking was guy ridiculous. In, uh, yeah, there was the there was that guy off of the coast, uh, off the Gulf Coast. People running the speedboats. They, um, they had they had that the drug that, runners had that submarine. Dude he jumped off of the off, off of his boat. It was freaking awesome. And the the sub's trying to submerge, and he's banging on the hatch, mm-hmm. and he's trying to open it up. You know, he and, got it open. Yeah, he got it open, and they stopped that sub because I mean the dudes they didn't want to flood it out, but yeah, you know I mean. Some of those guys are, are, you know, they're they're hard. I know a little bit about what they do because I worked for Border Patrol, and I remember there'd be like what they would do is Border um, Patrol is another one that's got kind of scared me. They uh, would have um, yeah. cruise ships come in, and meanwhile the cartels would have these special like magnetic um, devices where they would um, stuff them with drugs and then stick it to the bottom of a cruise ship. So then it was uh, Coast Guard that had to secretly, quietly, without disturbing, you know, the cruise guests. You know, dive under this cruise ship and you know retrieve those metal items full of you know cocaine or whatever, and it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to swim under a cruise yeah. ship. Yeah, I so. mean, but like you know, to our point, you know, yeah. you, you, with with the point you're making, you know, yeah, I mean, we can we can give any branch a, a degree of crap, but at the end of the day, I mean, we're still all brothers and sisters, and and that at the at the at the crux of it all is both the mission statements of both Base Camp Lindsay. And our rugging program through the American Legion, it's to, you know, bring relief and, and safety to people who, to, to who our community. It. Yeah. You know, it's like you went over there and, you know, you served. You gave up a portion of your life and in some cases gave up sections of your sanity and or body. So that way we could all run around like complete assholes here at home. And be free. And, and, and argue about whatever we want to argue about. Or, yeah, so you know. I mean, the least, I mean, and it's not even a situation of it's the least that we can do because then it just sounds like, hey, I'm just doing this for no. you. Yeah. you. You know, it's, it's our obligation. It's every citizen's yeah. obligation. That's, yeah. my, that's my standpoint. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's every citizen's obligation, but to that effect, you know, when I signed up, when you signed up, when you signed up, 
we didn't do it for the glory. We didn't do it because, hey. I did it because I needed a job at the time. Yeah, you know, I didn't like want to go me, to college. For me, it was family business because we've had a we've we've had a, a a skeleton in every major you know American conflict you know from the Continental Army on the way up you know okay you know so it, it's it's kind of a fa- you know it, I say it's a family business but you know we've served in the Marines we've had Air Force Army Navy my dad was a Navy vet for for twenty something years he served in in Vietnam also you know just like your dad did but. You know, so, I mean, and, and then my oldest son, he joined the Army. He became an infantry, infantryman just like I did, you know. And in fact, when he graduated AIT and earned his blue cord, I turned him blue with my original infantry cord when I graduated in 95. Oh. And he still has it. So, you know, I'm like, no. See, just, that, was, that was another thing that yeah. a lot of people don't understand is people that were in the military. That's like me. I was services. Basically, all I was was a cook. I worked fitness, mm-hmm. uh, mortuary. Did you go to school in Virginia? Mm-hmm. I got to go to a fitness school in Virginia. Um, oh. they, just, they just put me into the thing. Oh. It's like, you're a fitness instructor now. I'm like, okay. So I had to read up. Because <laughs> yeah. right. my, my workout routine, everybody's at... Uh, at that place, their workout routine was basically build muscle. My workout routine is is basically like a gymnast. Get yeah. people to pass their PT tests. And that too. But uh, and we did honor guard. Uh, our, our organization does uh, oversees honor guard. We oversee honor guard. doesn't mean we're in honor guard. Right. Uh, mortuary affairs. Yeah, and those, those, yeah. Are, those are <laughs> services those are so important jobs. ambiguous because you don't know where you're going to get it. You know, yeah. services like you could be doing mortuary or you could be, you know, serving food. It's yeah. real. I remember that. That it's like it's it covers a lot of ground there. And yeah. you don't know where you're going to. But up. what the, the the factor of that is is after we get out of the service, it's like I told him, he's like, "What'd you do in the military?" I was like, "Well, I was a cook. I, I really." I served. I served. The, I made. The pe- I made sure the people that were uh, going out and uh, killing people made sure they were, had a full stomach throughout the day. And uh, they're like, "Well, what do you do now?" Well, I got my degree. I got like a a certificate, uh, certificate for robotics to work on robotics and everything, which I never used. <laughs> I can work on it. I can. I can do PL, uh, PLCs and everything like that. I had to regrade myself since I uh, before after I did the course, and I also did like uh, working on jet engine blades up yeah. at Helmand, and uh, I've done really really weird and odd jobs. I, mean, I was a maid for a while, <laughs> but you know they always have that that stigma. It's like oh you're in, you're in the military. We, oh I bet you're going into security and everything like that. Or, well I actually did security. I went I was a correctional officer, but already do I was too. Uh, yeah, that was horrible. Worst I got, job I've ever had. Yeah. yeah, I mean you know and 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 then it gets to the point to where the. They just see you as, oh, you're you're in the military. The only thing that you're probably good at is just, you know, busting down, door, being a door kicker. No, I'm that like, would that would be my job. Yeah, you know? it's like, oh, you were no, in the I infantry. Can get a door. Yeah, like no, you know, it's like a, a lot of times, you know, everybody gets those stereotypes, you know, and it's like, was it a uh, uh, open mouth, close your eyes for the uh, uh, door uh, explosion? Uh, yeah, yeah. Close your eyes, open your mouth, because, you know, the whole pressure. I mean, yeah. like, you, you breach, and then you throw in a flashbang, or you breach, and then you go in and then you pie the room out. But, yeah. you know, I mean, 
people, well, what'd you do in the military? Like, well, I was in the infantry. Well, oh, what's that? Well, we were the guys on the ground. You know, so I mean, we, we do like combat actions and combat operations. You know, and they were just oh, automatically assume. doing patrols too. Yeah, you know, patrols. You know, I mean, securing the area. There, there was. We years, years, and years ago, we invited a Russian general out to NTC out in California uh, to observe a training rotation. And NTC, the op four out there, they they take American tracked vehicles and they weld a bunch of like facades and stuff on them to make them look like Russian vehicles. At least they did back in the day. And this this Russian general was he was observing the op four unit and he said that that was probably the best trained Russian unit he'd ever seen. And then we just kind of like just shattered his entire reality when we told him those are Americans and those are actual American vehicles. And he was like, he said that, um, he said the reason why the American military is so good at war fighting is because war is defined as long periods of boredom broken up by sporadic moments of chaos. And the American military in the army specifically is that we, we, we practice chaos on a daily basis, you know? Yeah. And how do you, how do you feel about them getting rid of the shark attack? I don't like it. I mean, to a degree, it's like, okay, because I'm old school, you know, I mean, and, and, and to a degree, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty as being one of those people if you don't read from the Red Hymnal book, you know, but I, I'm, I'm fluid in, in, in that sense. But it's, it's, when I jumped, when I got off the cattle car, I mean, I had a drill sergeant dropping me for push-ups every 10 paces, you know, and it was like, but I had mentally prepared myself for that, and I, I welcomed it, you know, I mean, I was one of those, I was one of those uh, strong, smart privates, you know. I knew the answers to the questions, but I also liked getting smoked. So, you know, and it was like, you know, your stereotypical infantryman, you know, like, you know, we're, we're knuckleheads, you know, pound on a wall, hard as whipegger lips, and stick me in a direction, guy, yeah, you know. But now, when they when they first talked about losing the shark attack, I'm like, you know, I mean, that's almost like a rite of passage. But now they're talking about, oh well. It's not so much that we're trying to be gentler or kinder. It's, it's you know, we're going to introduce this problem-solving thing, and it's like, okay, we're going to assign you into squads, and your squad has to be responsible for taking care of this objective. And that's how they gauge you. And I'm like, that's what training is for. That's what basic is for, because we teach you how to do the job. Then you, you, know, then you do your FTX at the end where, you know, you, I hate the term bivouac, but when you go out to the field at the end of, the, at the end of your training cycle, and you have to employ everything that you've learned over the previous eight, nine, ten weeks. You know, and, and then once you graduate basic, you're a soldier. And then you go to your AIT where you learn how to do your MOS, which for me was, you know, infantry. Um, you know, 11 Bravo, 11 Hotel, which 11 Hotel doesn't exist anymore. It's a, a, a tow missile gunner. So, I mean, we, we worked with the tow missile system, and we were an anti-armor infantry. So, you know, we either dismounted our, our, our weapon systems or we had them mounted on Humvees or whatever, you know, we shot wire guided missiles at tanks and just by the grace of God, he made me a 50 cal gunner, you know, so I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm okay with this, you know, and, and but he, I, I don't, I, I agree, but I don't agree with it at the same time. It's, it's kind of a hard it. position. They're thinking about going back to it and it only because of the, the reason why they're thinking about going back to it because they actually implemented it. Yeah. Then the then the then the guy that developed it he goes down to the troops and everything to the basic trainees and everything. It's like, is this stuff? Uh, how does this make you feel and everything? Going through this and everything, and he's like, well, this is freaking easy. Yeah. You know, told, Oh man, he was so living. Call me old school, but it's like okay. Whenever we went to basic, 
you were under lock and key. You know, like these kids now, they're making TikTok videos in basic. I hate that they don't have to shine boots anymore in basic. That is about 50% of what Well, I was never good at it. Well, I was just cotton balls, rubbing alcohol, and the kiwi bird. I did the same thing. I still Tweaking underwear. Certain things. you got to put that good base layer of polish on there and light your toes. You know, light the whole boot on fire and let it melt into the leather, and then you can go Taking in and buff it with Taking a canteen to iron your crease. I'll have somebody else do that for me. I still have my jump boots. I still have my jump boots. And that like that every, was another thing. It's like, like every it. Like every good paratrooper, I strip them once a year, and I reshine them, and I haven't had, I've been out for a while, yeah. and I still do that, just because I take pride in those boots. Well, that was the whole reason. You can't find those types of level boots anymore, because that was... Uh, oh, you can. Like the because, okay. well... Bates. No, we're talking about Cochran's or Double H's, you know. And so you can still find them. And they still sell them in clothing sales, or you can find them on Amazon or whatever. I couldn't find them in clothing sales. Because with the dress uniform, even with the pinks and greens that are coming out, the airborne units still wear jump boots. Okay. So, you know. Because I had to get just regular. I hate cowboy boots. I mean, I, I've, I've worked on a ranch and everything, and I hate cowboy boots. I'm, I'm, the, pers- I'm the type of person, if you, it's like, what do you get? What do you get? What are you gonna do that wrong truck with? Flip flops. What? Are you crazy? It's like you no, I hate go you. Hard. You can't be tactical in flip flops, man. I'm just yeah, you can. You know you do you can be tactical yourself. nude? Yes, go nude. That's fine. That's awesome because then you still get that psychological factor. This dude's charging me and he is naked, but you can't do it in flip flops because like seriously, there's a reason why Jimmy Buffett said he blew out his pop top. And you know, no, he stepped on a pop top and he blew out his flip flop. You Your don't don't wear the them. Most important thing ever. Don't wear them. I do. I do. I do. I do. If you're gonna if you're if you're gonna go barefoot, if if, you, if you're gonna wear anything, if you're gonna wear anything, you just you just don't wear those five, those. What do they call them? The small old? small tree in my foot. That's my no. It's it's the, it's the stickers that really hit, hit you out. Oh yeah, the goat stickers suck. Yeah. But, yeah, but the, no, no man, flip. I, I do not own a pair of flip flops. I, I, just, I don't I because I have rocking feet. Tennis shoes, hiking boots. I still wear. I still wear issue army boots. You know, not not the. I hate the leg boots. The the standard black leather combat boots. I kept those for accountability. Oh, I like the tall ones. They, they make, make my legs look better. Yeah, sexy. the taller the one, the taller they are, the the leaner my legs look. Once you get them all short and ankle length, I look like 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 a tree trunk. But I miss the tall boots as tall as they could go. No. But I'm short. So. You know, you 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 blouse you. You know, I mean, dude, I loved it. I mean, the only, I mean, it doesn't matter what branch you were in. You can make that uniform look good. Oh yeah. And we're not talking about oh, the higher the boot, the later my legs look. No, no, no. That's yeah. why we blouse our pants. I had mine altered because it looked like, and when I sat down, I had a huge fupa. You know what I mean? Like, I got rid of that. I'm like, tighten these, take the pockets out. I don't care. I'm not sitting down with that. Like, but the uniform was designed for a purpose. I mean, not I mean, for me to have a fupa. I don't. I don't know. Uh, well, to be fair, you should be wearing body armor over it anyway. So it's yeah. whatever. Oh, it's like the, in church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I mean, look what happened like a couple of years ago. With the uh, what, what was it? Uh, church in Fort Worth. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The church in Fort Worth, where or it was south of Fort Worth, but uh, one of the one of the the parishioners, he was a, a an usher. Uh, he was carrying in church. Actually, they did. A, they uh, if you actually look into it, he actually does a course for all of his. Yeah, yeah. Now he does. Yeah. Yeah. 
but well, no, he was. Oh yeah, that's right. He was yeah. a he was a concealed his job outside of churches is a concealed carry instructor. Yeah, this is but a, this guy comes in, gets off two shots. Yeah, and then he gets dropped. Or we could have a draw Muhammad uh, contest and see it, see if we can get any terrorists. Yeah. I just don't like looking Dude. like I'm in a maternity uniform when I am not. That's that's why we go shopping for the right size. Or get them altered because they gave me one this large. I'm like, okay. Yeah, you you have them altered. Wish I did. Just not to the point where like I saw this this one first sergeant because you know according to AR six seventy dash one which is the reg manual for army uniforms, you you know. Back in the day when we used to be able to roll our sleeves, um, uh, well, they can do it now. But you know, but I don't know back, if you could do it. Back in the day when we had the BDUs, right? Yeah. The woodland camo BDUs. Well, with the greens, they, you just chop off the uh, the arm and just have it sewn. No, no, and there's a reason why. I had my pocket sewn down. Everything. Reason yeah. why we don't do that is because every part of that uniform served sure. a purpose. Yeah. So a like we couldn't purpose. we couldn't have a short sleeve well, our, BDU top. No, 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 no. Our, our Ours, but like Vietnam era, era and everything like that. That's how they uh, wore it. You could get it. You could get your sleeves just chopped off and just uh, tapered in. Well, but I, they, I they encourage they encourage the cuffing. You know the the, the rolling. Yeah. And awesome. the reason why, and, and this was the reason that I was always given was you know, and, and if anybody out there knows better or knows differently, please direct all comments at him. But. Um, you know, it's like if, 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 you know, like with your NBC stuff, you know, if somebody gassed us or whatever, even if it was just CS gas, you, you should be able you roll your sleeves a certain way, you'd be able to pull them down and cover your arms, you know, because it doesn't matter how many times we got sent to the gas chamber, you know, it still gets in your skin. And if it gets wet, you're sweaty or whatever, it's cold outside, it sucks. You could breathe it in like vape smoke now, you know, but, you know. I never. I was like everybody. Well, other than that, because we had we had two. We had I had like three types of uniforms because I had to have well four technically, for because I had just the yeah. You had to do polo. I had I had like a polo shirt and I had had my cooking uh, attire. Yeah. And then I had uh, my BDUs. Did you have the gym pants that were pleated, the pleated khakis? Oh, pleats in my pants. I had I had Dodgers. I went out. I went out. Just got got the same style, but different color and everything. Like I mean, that. we had. I had the basic stuff. You had your class A uniform, class B, which is basically just without your. What coat. about what about the class? Uh, the I forget what class, but they went. They went to old World War. Uh, or the World War Two? Yeah, the, the pinks and greens. The yeah. 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 Dude, uh, to me, that I mean, I loved that uniform. I always loved that uniform. Sure. I hated. Hated the class A's, except on payday activities. You know, when you have to wear them once a month, you're standing, you're making sure all your shit's straight. You know, it's like, you know what? Fuck yeah, I look good. You know, and then you go out, and then the sergeant major trashes you because he thinks that something's wrong. You know, but it's fine. You know, that's part of it. But try old guard. Oh yeah, yeah. No, those guys. I have like huge respect for those guys because they they I mean they oh, they D and C every day. Yeah. You know, and I mean it's it's but religion. Looking good is is part of it. Yeah, I don't like sloppy people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it's not so much the fact that you're looking good, it's it's the self discipline. Yeah, yeah, that you look like you, know, you care that you're in a well, uniform. It's like that Amaral thing. If 
if you want to start off your uh, life a little bit better, just make your bed. Make your bed, yeah. Yeah, make your bed. Absolutely. And I started doing that. I've been feeling better about myself. Yeah, you know, it's like you get on your straighten your sheets out and everything like that you make your bed up you put the pillows where you know and yeah you know I've got more than two pillows don't at me you know but it's like you know you get your bed all squared away and you, know, you swiffer your floors and everything like that you dust everything down you feel better you know because I mean it's it's not clutter it's not chaos and if you need to find something you know where to go yeah. you know and, and, and that kind of goes back to why we don't sew our pockets down you know because we had you know everybody sorry you know, we go to the field. Everybody carried stuff in the in, well, not, in the yeah, field. Yeah, but for you know, day to day, like even day to day, because you know, there's no field uniform. Always, there's I was no always on staff, uniform. so I said it. Doesn't matter. You 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 were a at one point you were a soldier. You know, so it's like you're supposed to be able to ready, you know, be ready to go at any moment. And that, I, that's that was another. That I was another, an unaltered uniform, but that was another thing that I was kind of uh, worried about. It's like you went from the air force to the army. I did. Why did you downgrade? Um, they said they did would, you just get tired of five-star hotels? The Army said they would pay for my Downgrade. student okay. loans. Okay. Um, because I had a lot of student loans. And, <laughs> and, um, and they didn't. Damn. But I did have... I liked the Army better. Uh, it was more... It was better suited for me. So I uh, didn't get my student loans paid off. But um, it was... Because you were an EMT. I right? was an EMT in the Air Force, yes. Okay. Uh, that, was, that was one thing uh, when... Uh, 9-11 popped off and everything, and we had, I had to go to Base X, and I was talking to a person that, he his he was a, a nurse in Wolford Hall, okay, and I was like, so uh, what about this combat and everything? Like, I was like, dude, this is a freaking vacation, because what I found out is he does a lot of his uh, nursing stuff, because they bring uh, gunshot wounds and everything like that mm. to Wolford Hall, because there's a lot of gang violence there. I was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, dude. It's it's like like uh, World War Two uh, D Day battle, like constantly every day." I was like, "Whoa!" That was not nice. Yeah, and like your your special operators, your your seals, and your your Green Berets. Whenever they, you know, the ones that select medic as their specialty, they, they I believe they're supposed to do like a year long internship at a high. At like a high level trauma ER, like New York, um, Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, uh, New Orleans. You could probably you could probably message uh, Marcus Latrell because that's what he did. Yeah, um, and find out about that. Right. Because yeah. I haven't. I haven't yeah, because I, 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 I had gone to the SF recruiting reading or re- recruitment briefing, filled out my forty one eighty seven. I wanted to go to FS or SFAS. I wanted to. That's where I wanted, wanted to take to my career. Yeah, you know, that's where I wanted to take my career. Um, God had other plans for me, which is fine. I don't What second that language all. were you going to take? Uh, you know, I, I, if I remember well, right. Well, you can take any second well, language. You have to do a second language. Yeah, well, depending on, well, in the Army, depending on what language you took, dictated what group you went to. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wanted to learn, um, I wanted to learn Arabic, and I wanted to learn Russian. Those are, I think, the two You know, top. but Russian, because, I mean, those those paid, like, a high, I mean, not, not high, but, like, those still at the time had the foreign language proficiency pay bonus, which Massive I don't think Russian bonus, does anymore, yeah. but... Chinese does right now, I think. Probably. Okay. Probably. But, you know, downgrading? Really? <laughs> 
dude, that, that, like, that sticks under my skin. I'm like, really? You got him. You got him. No, it's like, dickhead. Good God. <laughs> you know? It's like, um, take any shit from you, Sky Jam. You know, but I mean, it's all good. Like I said, you know, it's like. Yeah, but when it comes around to it, if you actually came up to me and we barely know knowing each other and everything like that, it's like, man, I need some help. I would. I was like, all right, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I have nothing you else know, better to do with my you know, life. Because like, I mean, when I was in high school and you know, growing up, I knew it was all about the Navy. It's all about the Navy. All about the Navy. Because I mean, obviously, well, the Navy, did you watch? Paid, you know, you well, watch all Navy about the Seal? Navies. Yeah, everybody wanted to be a Navy Seal, like like Charlie Sheen. You know, it's like. Okay, you know, it's like, oh, I'll see you guys later. And he jumps off the damn bridge, and it's like, in real, you know, he is got like that's not service connected, dude. Sorry, sorry, just not happening. But you know, with you know, lot of Navy yeah. SEALs say that they're like, man, I watched Navy SEALs movie, and I wanna, I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. I had the poster up there oh, and yeah, everything. I'm well, like... for me, growing up as a Navy brat, for me it was Top Gun, dude. I wanted to be a, a naval aviator. You know, I was, I was with you, on but. That. But then I found out that that required a lot of math, and I just suck at math. Like, math and yeah. I do not get along Everybody genetically. Everybody wants to be a fighter pilot. You know, but, you know, so growing when, was, it, when, it, when it became time for me to decide, you know, what I wanted to do after high school, I knew that I wanted to join the military. You know, I mean, because when my dad retired from the Navy, we moved here where the, my mom and dad are both from. And I joined the ROTC unit uh, in high school. And I'm like, well, duh, the Army is kind of a fit for me. And I'm like... You know, I don't want to do just like a normal job, you know, and I, being a medic would be kind of cool, you know, and I don't want to drive trucks, not not to disparage truck drivers, I know plenty of them, but, you know, I wanted to be a paratrooper, you know, I wanted to jump out of airplanes, and I wanted to repel helicopters, I wanted to do all that, I went, I mean, when, you know, when you, when you picture somebody who's in the army, when you picture a soldier, you picture an infantryman 99% of the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. And, you know, my dad, when my dad and I had that talk, I was like 15 or 16, you know, I'm like, hey, I want to join the military. And he kind of, he was like, well, I don't want you to join the Navy. I said, no, no, I don't want to join the Navy. He's like, you know, because when I get bored, just like anybody else, we get bored, we do stupid shit. And you get in trouble. Yeah, we get in trouble. You know, it's like, so you're, you're on a ship. I don't know what you're talking about because a bunch of my friends <laughs> that was at Keesler, there was a bar that was on the uh, on the uh, coast that's not there anymore because of a bunch of Seabees. Yeah. Oh, my sister deployed um, on a naval ship and she left with one <clears throat> husband and came back with another. Yeah, see, boredom. You know, and it's like, you know, so... I mean, not to say that I didn't get bored and do stupid things when I was in the army. Trust me, we did. You know, repelled off the barracks. Me for crying out loud. You know, we we would we would we would yeah. Just yeah, but except we were back to a marine uh, colonel. Yeah, there was some of that too. But you know, (laughs) we you know we were going through the different branches, and he's like, well, I don't want you to join the navy because you wouldn't be a good fit. No, he's like, you know, he's like, don't go join in the air force. Join the Air Force, and I legitimately told my dad this at the time. I'm 16, and I'm like, I, I want to join the military. Anyways, see, now I'm getting back at you. Yeah. So, but then he was like, Well, then don't join the Marines because you're too smart for that. And I'm like, I can, I can dig that, you know. Like, so I mean, that left the Army, and I'm like, I mean, not that the Army was my last choice, I mean, because I was always leaning towards the Army anyway. But, you know, so my dad. He went down to the recruiting station with me, and he signed that release so I could do the delayed entry at 16. Because 
I graduated basic in AIT at 17. I didn't turn 18 until jump week in airborne school. Oh, really? So, you know, Uncle Sam's present to me. Yeah, because... Uh, I was jumping out of a plane twice, you know, and, um, you know, because we jumped twice on my birthday. I'm like, dude, that is like, who does that, you know? But, I mean, I've, I've been afforded so many different opportunities because of the things that, you know, because of the path that I chose to go into in the military, you know. Yeah, I could have joined the Navy, and I, I could have, you know, I could, have, I could have gone everywhere. You know, I could have shared some of the same experiences that my dad had. But, you know, I, 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 I felt that, that pull, that, 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 that calling to just sleep in holes, you know, and, and, and you know, just carry heavy shit just because. You Learn know? by flashcards? No, no. Yeah. It, it, Actually, it, it, yes. We we had a deck of cards for for tank for, for tank identification, and we'd have these like you know our platoon sergeant or you know platoon leader or or, or even our section leaders and squad leaders to sit there and hold them up, and we'd have to you know identify the the threat armor. Not going to take anything away from it. Air Force has to do the same damn thing. Yeah, it's you know, a fast learning. That's thing. how they it, try to. But it, it's but even we, funnier when it comes from the army because a lot of the stuff they have. Like, any time we're being instructed how to, like, build the tent or anything like that, it was like, yeah. okay, these are the written instructions for the Air Force, and these pictures right here are for the Army. Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, we, we get our pre-deployment briefings, and we get our safety briefings once we get it, once we get where we're going. You guys get your pre-deployment briefings, and then you get your hotel cards once you get there. So, I had to, uh, hey, the r- roughest I had And, and then you get the Wi-Fi password. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like, but, you know... It, but you know, I mean, it, it's you know, we can we can all very much, very decidedly agree that you know, I mean, our community is unique. You know, yeah. I mean, we're we're you're either the type of person that's gonna be a part of it, or you're on the other side of the fence and well, you're like, what? And, 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 and our mission is not to educate the general public as to how or why we operate the way we do. Yeah. Our mission is to reach out to our homeless and at-risk brothers and sisters and bring them back into the fold. Let them know that, hey, you are not having to go through this alone. You're not having to do this by yourself. And you have resources available to you because you have options. Because we're here. Exactly. We're all yeah. over. And, and what, what, what really gets me on something like that is is the government isn't really... Oh, if we need yeah. to shut it down, we need to shut yeah. it down. Well, because uh, we have a ruck event today at it's 2 o'clock. Too. Yeah. Are you coming? Yeah, I'll come. I don't care. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Two o'clock. Uh, the odd duck down there on Sixth Street. It's twelve thirty. But it's only a two mile. And um, yeah, we're gonna do coffee or whatever yeah. afterwards. But because you know any of the events that we try to do downtown, uh, or even our normal coffee rucks, which is uh, over there by Hobo, Hobo Coffee, coffee. There's on uh, uh, and... Seymour Highway and, and Loop Eleven. It will. That's like a three, three and a half mile route on the Canyon Trail. And then we come back and then we have coffee. So, I mean, we're supporting the local businesses. Yeah. And, you know, we're gaining visibility and, you know, I want to say not notoriety, but, um, well, yeah, notoriety in a good way. I mean, yeah. people are, you know, starting yeah. to see, like, hey, this is a thing in this town that we want to get more people, you know, involved yeah. in. Last time we were downtown, we went to the Highlander uh, restaurant and we did uh, the, the Ranger Panty Ruck. You know, oh, and everybody brought and pants you, except me to go to the Highlander. They all changed. Screw I didn't. those. Dude, I... Dude. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, these, I'm sorry. These are my brothers. Good, just because you I, don't have the legs for it I cannot... I no, it's not that. You sweat for one instance in those things. And for what... Okay, 
my idea is this, okay? And and, and Evan Hafer had a, had the idea of it. What it was is it was uh, it was a Spec Ops guy. Everybody like looked up to and everything like that. It's like you know what I'm. These things, motherfuckers think I'm straight as an arrow, and I'm about to see some dicks, and that's what it is. I they're like they're like he was like oh we got to do ranger panties because if you sweat a little bit everything's out the entire unless rock... they have liners for a reason no though. you got to look on my Facebook <laughs> for the ranger panties really do you really think those work yeah so, actually you know, they do guy, he, Mike Michael they couldn't, do they couldn't bend over he had to tie a shoe and he did his wife do it. Because he's like, I can't bend down. And I was like, thank goodness. It's because he cut the liner out. Well, I couldn't. There's things, <laughs> my friends, my peers, I can't unsee that part of their legs ever. So, but it was, it was fun. It was a lot You know, of fun. And, 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 you know, the, the idea of the ranger panty got brought up because it's like, you know, well, if it's good enough for these knuckleheads, you know, and it's just something to do. It's just to, to kind of break you, up the you monotony know, yeah. of it. Rocks and you know, yeah, theme I mean, we'll, we'll do. Me, well, they know. actually did away with those. For us, the one of the spec ops, they don't they don't use those. I don't know how they would actually be advantageous. Like, well, the whole thing, even even at one point, they were telling everybody, it's like, well, you can't use underwear in those because the static electricity in them will actually. They have built-in underwear. Yeah, that was the whole idea, but they don't work. Once you sweat in them, you see everything. It's like having like a, uh, an eye patch, basically, to dress in. I just, I just kept my eyes averted because it was. I wore one of those for like a week, and I was like, what? Dude, they so are comfy. remarkably comfortable. They are so comfortable. comfortable. I have, but you know what? They they invented this thing called spandex, and they work just as good. No, no, Ranger no. Panties See, are super comfy. Ranger Panties beckon back to the days of the old gray army PTs. And, dude, I'm telling you, when you're out there and you're on a run, there's nothing the better, brother. Nothing better. You're out there. You're not necessarily swinging your pork sword everywhere. I mean, but you, you still know they have, have the freedom. Well, my, my family members invented this thing called a kilt. It does the same thing, but actually you can't see anything. Oh, I no, I understand the purpose of a kilt. <laughs> I get it. Well, just totally. I mean, I, I can't. It, I can't it still keeps you warm yeah. and everything. Those things don't keep you warm. Well, but that's it why was you fun. move. It but it, but so it's much fun, fun though. you know. I mean, we do. It is. We, it we is do fun stuff to like see that. Stuff with the you know. I mean, we. It, I got sick as a dog that we do did that uh, that jingle bell. Oh, we. You know, oh we tied God. jingle bells to our it rocks. Was our you know, and theme rock. We were. Oh, I had oh, lights. Really? You know, I, I strung lights. I was, no, my no. Was see, totally your mind bad. went there, and that's no, like, whatever. We so were all freezing. Jokes aside. We had like sleet in our face. We were miserable. Oh yeah, I mean, and it would just you know it was. It was already below freezing. Yeah, it was. The slush was freezing to the trail. Not fun. And it was just like you get soaked and then you get chilled at night. The I way just, back, we were just all like. Yeah, it the was not. Part, like. It was not pretty, but you know, we get out there, like the when we get all the snow that we're expecting. Yeah. Uh, Mike, who is the other vice commander uh, of our, our legion post, he and I go out. We'll do. We'll just we'll get out. And just go ruck. Yep. You know so. Um, Remember last March when it snowed? Mm-hmm. He and I went out there and did five miles, and it, we covered that five miles in like 45 minutes. We were just booking. And it was driving snow. I mean, like, the wind was blowing, especially on that levee that goes uh, along the lakeshore, and the yeah. wind's real bad over there. I mean, like, one side of my face, our faces were just like white, regular, you know? 
And we've got a ruck. Uh, the, that memorial ruck will be on the 27th. If you if you want to come out. Oh, I see. Here's here's my kid, my 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 11 year old here. Hey, bud. Hey, guess what? But guess what? Basically we're doing a podcast right now. Yeah, dude. Sick. We're we talking about hey. talk, talking about doing those rucks. Remember, you know, like the ones you go, you you guys come yeah, on. Make your kids go sometimes. Yeah. See, like. I mean, uh, dude, he loves it, man. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Colin, tell tell him tell him about how much you like going on those rucks. Yeah, see. You know what? You know what also does that? Hunting. You carry the same rut. You go out. You kill something, and you bring it back. My thirteen-year-old. Yeah, you know, but you know, yeah. I mean, I get all that. But, you know, it's like. <laughs> it's hard to get kids to exercise. Yeah, it, it really is. Hey, bud, let me call you back here in a little bit, okay? Okay, but I'm having trouble with the tutorial. Oh, with Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to do that, but it's not falling down. Practice, young Padawan. Hey. <laughs> 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 hey, let me let's let me wrap this up, and and then I'll give you a call back here in a second, okay? Okay. All right, bud. Love you. <laughs> so once Basecamp Lindsay is open. <laughs> We are going to have a rucking program that will be optional for any veterans who are there that want to participate because I know they're going to be, you know, reclusive at first. They're not going to want to leave their rooms, but once they become comfortable with the staff and the atmosphere, then if they're physically able, I'm going to get them rucking. Yeah, you know, and, okay. and that's and that and that's the driving force not only behind Base Camp Lindsay, but it's it's the driving force behind our rucking program. And yes, you can do the same thing when you hunt. Yes, you've made your point. Congratulations. I mean, it, well, people but, are like, what is rucking? Do you have a backpack? Yeah, you, you just put it in a backpack. Yeah. Put it on and come join us. You know, and, 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 you know, when we're talking about it, a lot of people automatically assume that we're requiring a packing list of X amount of pounds. And I'm like, no. Yeah, that was another thing I was, can, I was you, wondering about. It doesn't matter no, if you're I mean, just wearing a camelback or you just bring yeah, a bottle of water at first, you know, because, I mean, not everybody's going to be at the same physical level. And that's level. the beauty of it is that you're with a group of people, but everyone is facing their own challenge. Exactly. Whether it yeah. be an injury, the weight they're carrying, the speed they're, you know, they're trying to keep up with because his stride is a lot longer than mine. And Yeah, my stride is as long as she is. So tall, everybody's, so, you know. everybody's challenging themselves. It's not a challenge against anybody else, but... You know, you're always, you know, trying to improve and getting better at it, but you're not competing against other people. And yeah. everybody's got their own, whatever it is, you know, their own reason to be, you know, trying yeah. to trying to do better. Plus, it burns a ton of calories. Yeah, I mean, my my knees are shot. My back is. I've got compressed lumbar. You know. And it, you know, and, and my shoulders are shot. You know, but you know, it, and you know, but I, you know, I still get out there, and you know, I, I draw, I draw, I draw sixty percent disability from the VA but I'm still out there because you know I, I idle hands are the devil's workshop yeah, you know mentally. And, you know mentally it's good for me physically it's good for me and, and I'm, I'm able to get out there and invite guys out and invite you're girls out and you yeah. know we're, 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 we're being active and you know you're gonna get a lot of these people that are gonna bitch and moan oh you're not wearing your mask you're not socially distancing guess what we're outside and if we're gonna be that large of a group, yeah, we'll wear and, masks. And but, we're that type of a group where yeah. it's like, because someone asked me, what's the difference between hiking and rucking? And I was like, okay, one, 
don't ever call rocking hiking again. I'm like, basic differences. Um, we carry weight on purpose, and I don't think the hiking community typically would appreciate the fact that we. It's actually more or less less weight. We yeah yeah when you hike when you hike yeah you're, you're going for streamline you're going for we speed. rock for beer and meat. Well, okay now to that end, not not to take away from what you just said, but you know. When we're talking about getting guys and girls out of the house, getting them away from the bottles and stuff like well, that. Well, this is okay. I'm talking about events. Like right, but what I'm saying, events. but what I'm saying is, is that you you're know, not making it out. You're making it. We're a not making it. Yeah, we're not making it better. You know, we're not making it about what you get at the end. If you want to bring beer, fine. Don't drink during the ruck. We can drink afterwards. You know, but just be mindful of the fact that you know you are accountable for yourself to get yourself home and or find somebody to help well, you. We go out to dinner or something after a big event. Right, but you know, maybe. you know, I just you know, I, I wanted to kind of clarify that for the people listening. And patches, you know, but we work for patches. But yeah, we, we you know the events that we do sometimes we'll get patches made up and you know you, you pay like five bucks for a patch or whatever. But the 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 purpose, the end goal, the mission statement, as it were, of these rocks is to get our brothers and sisters out, get them physically active, get their brain, get their minds off of what they're going through, and get them re-exposed to our community. Yeah, better, safer outlet. Yeah, and it's it a better, safer outlet. And it is the most diverse, outlet. you know, group of people, and everybody is so kind, and you just don't meet kind people in the world, you know? People that, I mean... Yeah, it kind of... Basically, what I do half the time, what I... There's, there's a lot of strange ones, but if someone's like... Hey, I can't afford this. Here you go, man. It doesn't matter. I to keep me. an extra rucksack in my trunk, you yeah. know, from when my when when my eleven year old. And people are surprised. Yeah. Uh, just just out. I mean, to this day, if I help somebody out, they're like, "Why would you do something like that? You're freaking human. Stop yeah. it. Let's go." Yeah. You know, it's like you know, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, we're all about trying to help our veterans, but it, regardless of of. Whether or not you're served, if, if you're in, in need of help, you know, we're here, you know, because, you know, we still, we're still responsible for each other at the end of the day. You know, I mean, we have to be good stewards of our fellow man. And that's, you know, you know yeah, while we're trying to be exclusive to the veteran community, it does not end in, you know, that's not the end all and be all. You know, it the buck doesn't stop there. It helps encourage you being a, a good person and yeah. not just living for yourself because you're... A good egg instead of a shitty egg. Yeah. Yeah, so to speak. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you, can, you can be all, you know, magnanimous and altruistic, you know, whatever. You know, take your 5 or $10 word and plug it in here. But at the end of the day, it, it's, it's about the kind of person that you want your, you know, your kids to see, you, you know, and what kind of an example are you true, setting? True good people. You know, if, if anybody from our club was to call me and say, I just need somebody to talk to you, I would break my back to do that. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had one guy, it was like, I do a, uh, I have a veteran a page that one guy was like, Hey, I need someone to talk to. This is like at six o'clock in the morning. It was lucky. I was freaking lucky. Yeah. I was lucky enough. I was up. I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he, he's like, I, had, I was having bad dreams about what happened like eight years ago. So what is up with that? And I just gave him the whole, it was kind of the whole spill of, you know, I read up on it because cause he was having uh, like uh, bad dreams of the combat that happened over, overseas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, technically what it is, it's just your mind working out the problem now. Yeah. It, 
I have several problems with certain things that happen in my personal life, and sometimes my brain just wants to kick me in the butt yeah. with that. But on that note, uh, you said you had a fundraiser coming up, and this is the, and, and this stuff. Yes. So uh, what's the fundraiser? Where is it going to be at? The fundraiser, you can go online to the Basecamp Lindsay Facebook page, and the link is there, or you can go to it's the North Texas Veterans Relief Foundation, ntvrf.com. If anything, what I'll do is I'll put the link and, in the description. Okay, perfect. And then uh, <laughs> you click on that link, and then that will allow anybody to become an investor and buy a square foot of our facility on 6th Street. And there's two options. You can sponsor, you know, a, it's $20 per square foot, and that will be yours. If you're not local, um, reach out. We will write your name and message or whatever you want on it and send you a photo and certificate of your square foot. But there's a second option that says purchase a tile for Marissa, which is me, and that will count towards the room that I'm trying to sponsor um, for Sean Stokes' memorial, uh, who was killed in action in 2007. So you want to click on that one so I can get my 248 tile <laughs> So this is, this is where I can harvest my inner micro. You can go to the Basecamp Lindsay Facebook page or go to ntvrf.com or 940-757-0321. <laughs> Thank you. But you know, I mean, and uh, link in the bio. Yeah. Yes, link in the bio. But it's a, it's an awesome fundraiser, and if you're local, then you get to come out and actually see and become a part of that building. So, and if you're not local and you do it, you're welcome to come out anytime. You know, five, ten years, and show people that hey, I help, I help this, and these are the veterans I'm helping. So. Yeah, I mean, and you don't have to necessarily be a veteran to take part in these programs like the rugging or contribute to Base Camp Lindsay. You know, I mean, everyday, you know, Harry, Joe, Sally, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's civilian, veteran, active duty, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, we need to look after these people. These you are know? people we need that... To, we need to make sure that they understand that they're not fighting this fight alone. And, you know, anybody can come out and ruck, anybody can donate, anybody can volunteer their time, it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the, there's a, a greater mission here, you know, because we take care of our veterans because they took time out of their lives. And we should never stop taking care of you know, them. They took time out of their lives to make sure that you can have the, the, the freedoms that you, you were given when this country was founded and framed. And, you know, it, it sounds cheesy, but I believe it to this day. That the wind doesn't make that make our flag wave in the wind. You know, yeah. That is the breath of every soldier, sailor, marine, and airman who has given their lives to defend that flag. It, it's that's that's them making that flag wave. So you know we need to take care of the people who came home and make sure that you know that they don't what, feel like it was done in vain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that their circumstances and that their sacrifices weren't for nothing. Like they didn't come home for us to turn our backs on them. So yeah. it's every citizen's responsibility to take care of the people who took care of them. Okay. This is fun. I want to come back and do this again. Oh, I'll, I'll have you back. I don't care. Yeah. This is this is fun. <laughs> and this is What the Hell. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we got rid of Twitter because of all the crap that's happened. We were on Pollard too, but got 
knocked off of that too. But uh, we also have these shirts coming uh, that are out. You can check us out on uh, Facebook and uh, it's www.angrymeproduction.com and you can order a shirt. We only have this one style. We're making up more. And this is what the hell. Thank you, people. Love you. Bye.